Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. Today, we decided to switch up the intro. I am joined by a man who could start for the USA men's national team. Mm. <laughs> Nolan, yes. how are you today? I'm good. Feeling fit, feeling ready. Uh, just... I've honed my skills, played a little footy with my three-year-old German Shepherd, and so I think I'm more qualified than Christian Pulisic to play right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Damn. That boy is crying right now, okay? That Damn. was... That's true. He's had a rough, Don't kick him, he's had a rough time. Well, Nolan, you know he's still younger than you? That's crazy, actually. That blows my mind. He's younger than all of us. Yeah. Us three, at least. He has, like, 13 more years of, like, <laughs> top-level football in him Thirt, 13 did you did you guys know this quick quick fact about christian pulisic he flew home on a he chartered a private jet huh. to fly home to hershey pennsylvania to attend his senior prom what a legend his dad was not happy i have a question though his dad was not happy no well, how would he be he going? didn't tell his parents what is that argument like son i've told you before <laughs> don't take the private jet and fly it across the world <laughs> i'm sorry dad <laughs> I, Lindsay just looks so cute <laughs> And I just knew Dad, I had I'm to 17, take I can do whatever I want. Piss off. Was he even going to school if he I mean, he was going Germany? to school in Germany, yeah. Yeah, but then why would he not because go to Because it was like the there. high school that he went. He doesn't he go to a German, actual German oh, high school. I'm confused. He was like, char- like charter school, homeschool yeah, type yeah. of stuff. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Good for him. Anyway. He lived his life. I am also joined by a man who would rather watch Nolan play mm. for the U.S. men's <laughs> national team tonight yeah. than whatever... That was whatever happened this afternoon slash Zach, this evening. How are you? I I just feel cheated um, yeah. out of my afternoon. Yeah. The announcer after the men's game said that uh, Canada has not beat the U.S. since 1985, April 2nd, 1985, and he said, you know, he said, I say again, eight nineteen eighty five, and my mom picks her head up in the living room. And she goes, oh, I was 20. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, I just hate everything right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm not doing, I'm not doing great. <laughs> Sorry about that. I wish I just watched some, some psych or group, something. Group back rubs after this one, guys. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. Well, hey, really quick, before we get into the news and the normal kind of rundown of the show, let's actually give you guys a quick outline of what we're doing. So, like I said, we're going to do some news, then... Um, we're actually going to push this interview with Ricky to the end of the so, so Yes, sir. We teased it last week. We were going to have Ricky from Copa Califas on to talk about the situation in Fresno. He's very closely related, um, to the, the related, he has connections. connections. There we go. He has um, people. He's got people in Fresno that know what's going on. So we talked with him and we talked about the Copa Califas table and, um, how that could shake out on the last day of the season and then um so you can you can expect that at the end of the episode that's a really good interview with him after the news though we are going to do a quick orange county uh review and it's gonna be a thing there will be that happens there's gonna be a lot of yelling <laughs> we will talk very briefly about the real monarchs there's been so i mean it's been the whole season you can go back and watch highlights you can go back and read articles there's not going to be a lot that we can add so we're just going to talk about them very briefly then we're going to hit on some u.s women's national team stuff yeah and some u.s men's national team stuff Mm. 
we are excited to talk about both of them for maybe different reasons. I guess I guess you could say we're excited. I'm excited. We're excited that we're talking about our people. Yeah. We're not excited about some of the There are talking points things. that yes. I would like to discuss. Yes. Am I excited about it? Not so much. <laughs> yeah, oh so <laughs> it's just not a good time to be a, uh-uh. a national an American. Well, just in general, it's not a good time to be an American. Like oh, in the world, it isn't. Unless you're a U.S. women's fan, U.S. women's national team fan, and then. then but anyway, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. For now, let's get into the news. Travian Sosa, this guy is going. A phenom. Remind me who he is. So he is the <laughs> the left back that graduated from the academy this past year in Sacramento. In Sacramento, <sighs> graduated from the Sacramento Academy, signed with Hamburg. Ah. Okay, so this is this is his week. This has been his past week. Yeah. Okay. Signed with the first, or not signed with, he made his first team debut in a friendly against Braunschweig. That's mm. how you say that. Brunch. On October tenth. Okay, so about a week ago. Yeah. Five October tenth. It was it was a Wednesday game. Okay. Right. Or Tuesday or something like that. Then he signs with the first team the following day. So appears in this friendly. Coach likes what he sees. Signs him. Uh, yeah, and and after this. Uh, he makes his first appearance for Hamburg. Um, he makes his first appearance for Hamburg 2, fourth division of German football. He came off the bench as a winger. Uh, he's usually a fullback, as we as we've said, but kind of when you're when you're in that position, you're young, you know, um, kind of put in a position, you know, any any position on the field. We've seen, we've seen Weston McKinney over in um, Germany play literally every position. Mm, yeah, except goalie. Except for goalie. Um, but yeah, makes an appearance. Uh, as a winger, um, on October twelfth, that happened. Yeah. So within three days, he's he went from like the U nineteen team to, you know, oh hey, let's test you out in a friendly. To then, okay, let's sign you to a first team contract. To then, okay, now let's get you some minutes with our second team. So mm-hmm. to to kind of put that in perspective, Christian Pulisic, when he was coming through the Dortmund academy, he spent a lot of time with the U nineteens. That's kind of where you're really, I guess, like proving yourself. Like, mm-hmm. okay, can you play the system in that sense? Once you move to the reserve team, it's more just, all right, let's just get you some minutes against some higher level op- opposition in preparation to move you to the first team. That's how Dortmund does it. I'm assuming that's kind of how Hamburg does mm-hmm. it. And the jump from the German fourth division to Borussia Dortmund's first team that's a that's a sizable oh leap. yeah the jump from the german fourth division to the hamburg first team in bundesliga two that's good that's a much smaller uh, uh a jump to to cross realistic so, yeah so be keeping your eye out for travian so so i'm hearing a lot of good things about him that's exciting Another thing uh, newsworthy that came out this week, rumors of two MLS two teams dropping down to USL League One next season. Hmm. That sucks. The two teams were <laughs> literally in figure. Well, I don't know what that was, but uh, they're two, two teams, LA Galaxy 2 and the Portland Timbers 2, both rumored to be dropping down. Um, and that's sad because we had a fun rivalry with the Galaxy. Yeah, it is sad, but I guess the impact for Sacramento Republic fans is, okay, yeah, we're losing the LA Galaxy 2 match, but think about 
just the competitiveness, I guess, of the Western Conference. You're not going to have any of those first-team players drop down, whether they're recouping from injury or they're just dropped form. You're not going to have any of those guys. So the good news is we don't have to play those harder players. Yeah. But the bad news is there were times where we would play these teams and they would just play all academy kids and we could just wipe them off the, the face of the earth. We don't have that those games potentially with these two anymore. So I think this is going to be a, a stabilizing, kind of a, a, a leveling effect for the league. And I, I think it, it'll be good. It'll be a bit more predictable. It'll be a bit more professional. And I think that's the ultimate goal. What this means dollars and cents wise for the league is that there's now two more expansion spots that they can get money from. Mm-hmm. And what we were hearing is that a USL championship expansion spot is now $10 million. Oh. So the league is standing to make money, a lot of money, yeah. off of them dropping down. Okay. That's the dollars and cents of it. Good. I'm glad. Good deal. Yeah. But Nolan, you... I have two little bits of information. Have some juice little, for us. Little tidbits. So no one's got the best stuff on here. I got just good stuff today. And one of them just popped into my, a good my Instagram feed like five minutes ago. But <laughs> uh, the first little bit of news slash, slash update is that I have it on a very, very reliable source. On very someone reliable source. Who's very, very, very close to the club. And handsome. And handsome. <laughs> very, 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 very <laughs> handsome. Anyway, this person uh, revealed to me that the just some details about the Josh Cohen transfer. Because if you have listened uh, for any length of time uh, to the podcast, you remember that I was very confused as to how this whole um, deal with Josh Cohen went down when he was bought slash signed slash you know acquired by the Israeli first division team Maccabi Haifa. Maccabi Haifa. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, I w- like, obviously there's reasons to go there because they were playing in the Europa League at the time. Um, Josh Cohen actually s- made the, um, the bench in two Europa League games, which is pretty incredible. Um, uh, they are one of the top teams in the Israeli first division, which, uh, apparently is considered a step up or a promotion from second division U.S. soccer, which is awesome. Very proud, very happy for Josh. Um, and anyway, just what I was, what was revealed to me was that uh, Josh Cohen, um, yeah, wanted to go there, and the club released him. So there was no transfer fee paid, um, and that is significant. I think it shows a lot of goodwill on the part of the club in Sacramento to see players progress and develop as as football players, and I think that's cool. Uh, and, and just real quick oh, yeah. before you get to your your second piece. I think we were all hoping that there was a transfer fee. Yeah, you kind of. Yeah. Because we, we were just like, you know, there there probably wasn't. Hmm. But at the same time, we think that there maybe was just a little something to to kind of make it easier. But yeah. now we're learning that there wasn't. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he was valued by, by transfer mark at like somewhere between 250000 and 300000 And they got him for free. And they got him out of a contract. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, I think that takes... That's huge on the part of Sacramento because legally they could have said, no, you're on a contract. You're staying to the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but they they cared about Josh and allowed him to, And jo- I mean, jo- I'm sure Josh respected the club and was sad to leave, but he just had to take this opportunity. And we miss him. Yeah. yeah I, I think he would have really helped the team. <laughs> yeah. I think, though, on a positive note, it does show 
as far as luring potential free agents or you know people in the off season to Sacramento, it's hey, we here's this example of a great player, a goalkeeper that we had. He had an opportunity to go play top flight soccer and it it resulted in a, in a couple Europa um you, you know spots for him. Yeah. yeah, I actually saw that he started like a league cup type of hmm. game. Yeah. For them. So That's awesome. And so luring free agents it's like, "Hey, if you have that type of ceiling, we're not going to stop you." Hmm. And I think that would be good for us. I think that's good for us as far as luring free agents yeah. towards Sacramento Which if we stay USL. We well luring luring free agents is something we might have to do. Exactly. A given, little bit more of. Given this little bit of information um, that I discovered thanks to Instagram, scrolling through my Instagram stories while Josh, Josh, while Zach and Scott uh, just had a. I mental, wish Josh Cohen was. I wish Josh Cohen was here too. Uh, yeah, Zach and Scott were freaking out about the horrible refereeing that happened at the Orange County game. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, mm. But I was just, you know, taking my time, scrolling through Instagram, and I saw this uh, on the Instagram story of Indomitable City Soccer, a screenshot of a an article published by the Sacramento Bee at 6.55 on October 15th. Which is for, today. Which is today. We're recording at 8.29, <laughs> October 15th. So like this was fairly recent. It was edited like 24 minutes ago. Um, and the article says that sources with direct knowledge of the MLS deal to Sacramento uh, have said, have told these reporters that MLS is expected to announce on Monday that it is awarding an expansion team to Sacramento. So, that's exciting. Uh, the writers of this article, I think I rem- I recognize Tony Bijak, uh, who, who uh, published another article saying that something along the same lines that MLS is, is imminent uh, about a month and a half ago. Um, so apparently he has good sources and they're telling him these positive things. And so that's really exciting. I think Scott mentioned that these reporters the, are from yeah, the so, so these two authors of this article, if I remember correctly, they are political correspondents. Uh, not sports, sports writers. writers. Mm. So what that means is their source is probably someone from the mayor's office, Ooh. not the team or the league. Yeah. So I think you have to take this article with a smaller value. Value. You have to take it with a larger grain of salt than yeah. you would <laughs> if it was from another yeah. more reputable soccer journalist. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, I think soccer journalists understand the dynamic a little bit more, um, and they they are going to have uh, very well placed sources. These guys aren't going to have as well placed sources. I'm not discrediting their no, article. Yeah. They are professionals. If they are publishing it, they have fact checked. Yeah. But what I am saying is, they, if they have two sources from with within the capital, mm. it it might not hold as much weight as saying. Oh well, we have a source in the capital and at the league. Yeah, does yeah. that does that make sense? No, it makes sense. Yeah, but just one one last note. Uh, something that kind of makes me think that this claim is a bit more substantive is that the Republic posted on their Twitter forty well now it's one hour ago about the roughly the time that this article was published um, an official club statement which pretty much I'll just read it to you because it's real short. We Sacramento said 
the Republic said, We share the great excitement and anticipation in our community community about Sacramento's bid to join Major League Soccer. We will continue to respect the MLS expansion process and remain confident about the future of our club and our city. We look forward to sharing more information in the days ahead. Whether that is a reaction um, from that article, like, hey, it's coming, but it's not coming Monday, or whether that's like, oh, this is out there, and now we are uh, kind of giving it a bit more credibility, I don't see, I don't know yet. But we'll, we will know in a few days when MLS hopefully announces that they're having an event on Monday in Sacramento. Yeah, and that's, again, that's what you'll hear. You'll hear there's an event, and then at the event they'll announce. But one thing we do know oh, yeah. is that Sacramento recently played Orange County at home, and the boys and my wife were there. Yeah, <laughs> we were. We had a good time. We, we, really we did have a good that time. That was the was best fun. time I've had at a game. It was a fun energy. Uh, felt like a playoff game, which I expected. Uh, but, you know, yeah, you're right, Scott. It's that, it's that time of the podcast. You boys, get get your tissues out. All right, we're going to cry. We're going to your... review the weekly loss. Yeah, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a heartbreaker. It was not – There's. You know, I don't know if there's ever a typical loss, but this one was, this one was yeah. something, man. Well, and to kind of put that into context, though, the typical loss that Sacramento suffers is a 1-0 loss. Yeah. We usually yeah, have true. a good defense, and we just can't score. The last four games, I texted this uh, to you guys uh, the, yeah. the morning after, as it were. <laughs> we have let in at least two goals the last four games. Yeah. Uh, our record off of that, I believe, is two losses. No, sorry. One draw. One win and two losses. Yeah. Is that correct? Let me look that up. I, Keep talking. I, I'm looking at the text stream. I'll just give you a rundown of the game as Scott is looking up that statistic. So uh, we started off good. Started off really strong. Uh, we put a goal in in the first five minutes of the game. It was a, a setup by two. It, the goal was set up by two beautiful passes by both Tainer and Anna Volson. Anna Volson finds Awas's feet. Um, Cam slots in a goal. Uh, I believe it was just on the heels of the sixth minute, um, and we're, we were off to a good start. Absolutely. And then, sorry, Scott. Yes, I, I have found that I'm correct. Two losses, one draw, and one win. Wow. That sucks. What does that mean? That means that we, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> but we're scoring more goals. I mean, we. I talk as if I'm part I mean, of it. <laughs> we scored one goal against El Paso. We lost two to one. Uh. We scored two goals against LA Galaxy, yeah. two, two to two draw. We scored three goals against the Roughnecks, three to two win. And then we scored two goals against Orange County, two to three loss. Three goals. Let's just put we, we scored three goals. And, and we'll get I'm, into it. If I'm correct, Scott, in a good amount of those games, we slotted a goal in early, yeah. much like this one. Every one of those games, we've actually scored first. Yes. We scored first, and we for I think most of them, if not all of them, we scored very early. And in every one of those games, fun fact, Thomas and Avoltson either scored or assisted. Yeah. I love the man's on fire. Him. I love him. He is he is for sure one of the bright spots. So possibly so, only bright spot. Really quick, <laughs> Nolan. Yeah. Thomas and Avoltson or Hayden Partain? Oh Hayden Partain for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not going back oh, on yeah, my guy. No, that's my guy. But I'm loyalty. And Avoltson is just really good. Okay. Well again and, the, and this game was the first time I got to like see him live. And so it was, he just has a presence on the field directing that attack yeah, for that sure. I just hadn't seen before. And yeah, so I thought that was just, I grew in my appreciation for him because of that game. 
Yeah. So so anyway, so Zach was saying we score in the sixth minute, and then there is a corner kick that is kind of silly given sillily given away by Tainer. There's a shot off of it. Mm-hmm. It is saved, rebounded directly in front of an Orange County player, Darwin Jones. Like I was saying, poor man, poor man Solomon Asante. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He puts it away to make it one one. And then there is a kind of a fluky, but it, I don't want to say f- it's fluky because Orange County get the ball down the field and get it into the box, and there's just poor marking off of this. I believe it's like a deeper free kick, and there's just, everyone's ball watching. Everyone's looking at the ball. They're not looking at the two or the two runners going in behind them. I believe it was Tainer and Chon, uh, Hanson Pulos. They're not. They're not watching behind them, and. Uh, Orange County is able to make a acrobatic uh, over the shoulder cross and a fairly good finish to make it two oh, to one yeah. going into half. Yeah, c- credit. You say, credit. all right, look, we hey, we know that we've had problems staying focused. We lose focus on this one. We'll give you this goal. The first one, not great poor, uh, goalkeeping. Again, not great marking. Shouldn't have happened. But you know what? I felt fine. It was two to one going to half. I felt fine. Make some adjustments. Come out strong. Sam Warner had a chance in the 32nd minute. Should have put away. Didn't. We had other... One other maybe opportunity to get the ball down the field. But that being said, in the first half, we didn't have a ton of the ball. Going into the second. But but still, even with not having a ton of the ball, even with not playing that well, even with giving up two silly goals, I was like, "We're, we're at least getting a point out of this game. Yeah. I just feel it. I just felt that. So then, in the second half, I can't remember. We didn't write down the minute in the notes, but I believe it's the 50-something. 50-something. 50 50, 50 56. I want to say 56. I want to say that, too. Are we talking about the offsides or the yeah, goal? Yeah, the Cameron offsides. Okay, yeah. Uh, Cameron wants the offsides. Could, could you guys look fi- up the goal? 50-something. Yeah. The offsides is in the 57th minute. Let's okay. start. 64. Let's go back to the to the fifty sixth minute. Yeah, there should have been a red card. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Mitchell yes. Tainer had his almost could have had his right Achilles ruptured. Yeah. Because the Orange County player just slid in, studs right on his ankle. Should have been a red card. Was given a yellow. Yeah, and uh, I just want to uh, say something that Zach brought up in the pre-show talk. Um, which was we are not the guys that come together and just blame the rest for everything every single game um, or just talk about everything that didn't go our way every single game. There were at least three instances in this game that were clearly bad calls, horribly uh, handled by the rest, just by the officiating team. Bad yeah. Calls. So four, three against Sacramento and one that the, the, we'll touch on later yeah. that's was probably correct yeah. but could have been not a call we say this yeah we're, we're making this crit this analysis like as as sacramento fans but also as like and i i think to our credit and, and maybe not to our credit we tend to be pretty harsh on the team yeah we have pretty yeah. high yeah. expectations we are usually people that say hey it was poor officiating but the officials don't determine the entire outcome of the game yeah Yeah, we're usually the first to say we put ourselves in this situation yeah Yeah. that being said this should have been a red card in our opinion Mm. 
especially on the rewatch. Oh yeah. In the 56 minute, that. And it does, happened right in front of the sideline ref. Yeah. Like I literally, he had front row seats to the, just horrible, horrible tackle. Studs up. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on. So that, uh, wins a free kick, the ball goes down the field, we lose possession, get the, get possession back. Jaime Villarreal plays a lofted ball over the top to Cameron Owasu, who had drifted out to the left wing and was called off sides. But the ball that he gets, he, he was in on goal. It was mm. one-on-one, him and, him and the keeper, on the, the left side of the goal, kind of like the corner of the six-yard box is the angle that he was running at. That's a, that's a good angle. Mm. There's a lot of the far posts that he had to shoot at. The flag goes up for offsides. On the rewatch, you can't see the right back, or sorry, the left back for Orange County. He's off screen, but you can see that his shadow is like two or three yards past the rest of the back line. Keeping Cam onside. And you hear the announcer say, you can see his shadow. He was like, oh, Cameron Owasso was on. Yeah. And the sideline ref was on the left side. Yeah. So this clearly, is the second call. And the, the right-sided sideline ref is the one that missed the tackle. So th- this a whole officiating crew is basically what we're saying. Yeah, so, they, yeah, they, so, so both sideline refs <laughs> They took the short bus home. That's yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying. And so that's the second call that is missed. Nolan, let's go into yeah. the sequence of events that happens in this. Well, for, actually, you know what? Yeah. Let's talk really quick. There's a corner kick. Or no, was it a corner kick? It was. A, it is a corner kick for the for our second uh-huh. goal. That is yes. rebounded. Sam Warner takes a volley. Yes, hits it right at the goalkeeper. Gets caught under his feet. Awasa comes in, cleans it up. Yep, it's a good goal. Two two. It yep. it was coming. That's why we weren't freaking out. When we it was were winning two to a one. lot of second balls at yeah. that point, and we put home a goal. Yeah, yeah. It's a good goal. I don't. I, I don't think there's any more. I guess analysis of the game that you can yeah. do. Then it, it was a heads up play by Cameron Owasa. Let's just get Great stuff. get right to the seventy six minute. Yes, Nolan. Nolan, put us into your frame of mind. My frame of mind. So my frame of mind was very fragile at this moment. <laughs> so it's two two. It's two two. Let's just clarify yeah. that it's two two. Yeah, and I was excited. Like I was just genuinely enjoying the games. They with good friends, loving the game, loving seeing my players play. Um, and the seventy sixth minute rolls around, and there's a. Corner kick. It was it a corner kick or a set or a free kick. It was a it was a free kick. Oh, it was a free. Oh kick. yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Um, B. Jeff took it. Did he really? No, that was Olimon. That was a, yeah. All right. I remember no. B. Jeff came <laughs> I'm on. I'm on timeout. <laughs> B. Jeff came on. Sorry, this is a side note, not really relevant. But B. Jeff came on, and then like he like stopped a ball. He like he like got a pass and dribbled it and passed it back and then scott was like good job bj good job like like, we were just willing this team to do so well we've been like talking nice stuff but anyway uh yeah so he's so true (laughs) it was like oh wow he did something right i was literally applauding that he didn't do something stupid yeah Yeah. that's exactly how everyone felt i was there with you yeah it was so funny um but yeah so it was just a crazy roller coaster minute and a half so free kick um the center backs get up. Mitchell Tainer is one of them who gets up there uh, to get in get in the box and mix it up and try to get a ball in the back of the net, which um, he ended up doing. I think it was directly from the free kick from Aliman. Mm-hmm. Um, takes it off his chest, puts buries it, um, goes to the goes to the corner and celebrates, 
And you know, we will you freak out? We stand up. Zach and Scott do their little double hand clap. Thing. Yeah, bro. It's cute. I missed it. Um, I missed yeah. it. And then, <laughs> and like for a good twenty seconds, it was a goal, and Sacramento was up three two. Their you know, their shot of going into fourth place on the Western Conference table looks very very good. Um, and then we see the right sided sign light. Well, the right side if you're in the battalion section looking at the field. Uh, he, his flag goes up calls a handball on Mitchell Tainer. No, his flag did not go up. It didn't? His flag stayed down. And then it went up. It was the center official oh. that called a handball. Okay. How did he see it? That's what... Okay. So, the center official who stood behind Mitchell Tainer saw him <laughs> hit the front so, of him, So Zach the actually ball. has the most uh, view that is opposing to Nolan and I. So Zach, okay, do, okay. do you want to describe what you all saw? Right, all right, so... Yeah, so all three of us have seen the same replay. Multiple times. If you go back and you look at the game, they show an angle from inside the net, basically. Yeah. Facing, There's like a GoPro on a ladder. At yes. Yeah. Looking at the Looking at Tanner. A view a, a ref could never have had. This mm. is what... If, okay, and and to, be, to be completely honest, if this isn't called and they allow this to be a goal, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Eh... I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. Like I could see it go either way. So what happens is the ball comes in, it takes a deflection off somebody in the box, and then it it, it comes over to uh, Tainer Mitchell Tainer, and it hits his what looks like his fist that's close to his body. It is close to his body attached, but it looks that from at least what I could see, the angle I could see, it hits his fist and it comes forward and he's able to volley it into the net. And I'm not convinced that if his fist isn't there, he's able to have that on his chest, put that in front of him and slot it in the goal just the same. So I'm not furious at this being a handball on its own Mm. without the context of what happens a minute later. This on its own, I'm okay with it being called a handball. I appreciate your view. <laughs> okay, so but so let me wrong. so let me just describe how I think Tanner is holding his arm. Think a small, thin, stuck-up housewife from LA walking uh. <laughs> down the street, holding her purse like in the crook Clutching of her it. her Bosom. like elbow, and like her her arm, yeah, is close to her hand, her her body, and her 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 hand is kind of like just kind of like a dead hand kind of like walking yeah i don't know like his arm is against his body but the forearm is not on his his chest it is out slightly so what zach is seeing is that the ball hits his hand and goes just drops right in front of tainer tainer hits it home Hmm. i think what I see, and I think what Nolan sees is the ball more hits the kind of the base of his forearm, partially, and also his side, kind of chest, and then drops in front of him. You're thinking, okay, well that's that's a six inch difference. How can you get that wrong? Well, even with the benefit of the replay, we still disagree yeah. on really where it hits. This isn't like we're watching with amazing camera quality and. Yeah. All this kind of yeah, stuff, slow motion, yeah. So, with the best angle that we have, with the benefit of the replay, 
we still disagree. So I think that's where we kind of say, okay, fine. You want to give that as a handball? This is the one call that we're like, this is the 50-50 call in our opinion. Yeah. yeah that's, this one that's, could go either way. That's pretty much all I'm saying here. And we're not – it's not like we've looked up the, the handball law because these are FIFA laws. They're not mm-hmm. rules. They're laws. And the laws change. So I, I know the handball, handball rule recently changed, so I don't know what the new regulation is. But let's say this is a handball. Okay. Now let's continue. Okay. My, my my concern is also real quickly just how the ref had a clear enough look could see it to make that judgment. That's all I'm the saying. I think he ref. reacted to the to the Orange County players. And it wasn't even it. decisive. Like it wasn't that he was like immediately like no 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 yeah, no no it took like, a ran while. in no goal no it took a while that's for him to be like minutes. uh handball. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's that. Uh, talking points. Ref. Uh, oh wait, yeah. And then on the so ensuing play. goal was not awarded. It was a, a goal kick for Orange County. From that goal kick, they uh, carry the ball down the field. Ball goes out on the end line on Sacramento. Corner kick, Orange County. Orange County take the corner. And Michael Orozco is credited with the goal on Google. But I don't know if that's he right. Is. Yeah, okay, that was that's him. right. Yeah, it was yeah. him. Um, who we mentioned in the, the preview. Yep. Which I think is interesting because he was banned for a horrible tackle for two games and came back in this game and, and Nip put the nail in the coffin of Sacramento. So um, that goal happened, and that was also contentious. It seen, Sacramento players were furious. They were fuming. They were calling for a handball. And I, on that replay, I don't see the handball necessarily. I don't know. Really? See, okay, but this is where... It like hit his see, stomach this is where, and it, his this hand is where covered his nuts. This is where I so with the context of what I just said yeah. about the disallowed goal with us, I think if you disallow the goal against us, a minute and a half later, almost yeah. the same play happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you have to be consistent as a ref. Yeah. Okay. So let's again let's kind of describe this. So Orozco is standing half a yard outside of the goal. Yeah. With his he, back he's, turned. He's he's doing that thing. On a corner kick where you put a couple people in front of the goalie to crowd him. To screen him. Right? To screen him. Okay. He's there. He's a center back, but he's not that tall. He's 5'10", 5'11". He was stripped of the captaincy, which the Orange County podcast wanted (laughs) because of that tackle. They got it. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. Um, Okay. (laughs) So his right arm is bent at a 90 degree angle and is kind of against his body, but it's... He's more he, – he kind of has his hands ready to kind of uh, push players off of him to give himself space. Huh. The ball comes in. I think it very clearly hits the bottom of his elbow, bottom of his forearm. Goes That's why it, the ball goes right down in front of his foot, and he's able to just turn and pass it home. Yeah. And I think the his goal. appendage aids in him his ability to put this goal and, in. And I think that because you very clearly see the reverb up his arm and uh-huh. shoulder that he he braced and you can see it shake when the ball hits it. So and you might I, be asking yourself, "Oh, well, okay, so did, so then it got disallowed, right?" Uh, no. No, it did not. Almost goal the same stand. play, the goal stands and we lose this game 3 to 2. So, so let's just sum up what we have so far we have a non-red card call that was pretty clearly a red in, in our opinion number one we have an offsides call which was pretty clearly, clearly not, off- not oh, offsides yeah. number two in our opinion we have a handball 
on a Sacramento player, which we're going to go ahead and say is 50-50. Yeah. We are pretty split on it. We'll go ahead and give that one as a 50-50, but could have been given as a as a no call. And it goes against us. Yep. Yeah. And then we have what we think is a An- I I think is a pretty clear handball. And at the very least another 50-50 with the exact same play. Yeah. That's not disallowed even though the one a minute and a half before was. Yeah. Yeah. So boys, I have a riddle for you. Yes. You take a quarter and you flip it four times and it lands on heads every single time. What do you do? Check to see if it's a fake quarter. Oh, good. Yeah, most people say, well, mathematically, it's not a logical impossibility that it's just a heads every time, all the time. <laughs> like, well, you know what? You're just not thinking straight. It's just not what happens in the real world. And, and that's, that's why what I the feel refs, about these calls. Yes, and that's what the refs, that's what we have to say to the refs. You just weren't thinking straight. Yeah. At one point, the announcer goes, he needs to go back to school. Yeah. Uh, the other announcer <laughs> said, like, back this to ref is school. the worst USL officiating that he'd ever seen. And yeah. he's been the the Sacramento announcer for Ever? I, I think a, I think since the beginning yeah so anyway you've noticed that we haven't really talked about any tactics we haven't yeah. talked about any narratives other than the ref other than the officiating pretty much because it was so big. because that's the story so of this game yeah. Absolutely. they really did cost us the game going into the monarchs preview now uh-huh. we hope that the refs don't cost us the game no <laughs> because Please, there is a possibility, there's a there's a narrow possibility where Sacramento is able to finish fourth and it involves um, the Monarchs and the uh, Austin Bold having a proper result on Wednesday and involves some other teams losing and us winning. We would hate to lose again to the officials. We would hate to draw again because of the officials. So... Really quickly, the Monarchs. The player you need to walk, watch out for is Michael Chang. Very mm. good guy. Uh, came over from uh, the Charleston Battery a few couple seasons ago. He's their forward. He is the goal banger. And they have a pipeline through their academy to bring players through. They are all schooled in their system. Again, just a team that does not need the ball but can play with it and can create opportunities by pulling Sacramento players out of position with their ball movement. At home, I am not 100% confident that Sacramento can, one, keep a clean sheet. Mm. Uh, Sorry, well, Sacramento is away. So, away i'm not confident that sacramento can keep a clean sheet and number two that they'll win the game what do you think what do you guys think yeah i I don't know (laughs) (laughs) at this point that's a i think that's honestly fair like what what evidence has the team given us that they are at all consistent and that we are able to predict anything yeah yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know. It's so tough on the heels of this loss. It I was, honestly, uh, I kind of hope they lose this game because then we get a home playoff, midweek playoff game. At least that. Yeah, I mean, we're in the playoffs, yeah. but that doesn't mean, I, I think there's still a reality where we are Dropped ninth. ninth or 10th, yeah. Well, so El pa- we just looked at our at Fat Mob. El Paso yeah. just beat Portland and jumped Sacramento into six. Beat them 4-1. Did they really? Yeah. So now Sacramento sits seventh. 
on like 48 points and I'll pass I think 4 to 1 wow yeah, they, they clapped him they booty clapped him mm-hmm. alright let's look so let's look at the table now you said that they were yep so Sacramento currently if the playoffs were to start today Sacramento would host a play-in game yeah like a wild card against, against San, San Antonio. Antonio I'm okay with that they're gonna they're gonna beat them yeah on a Wednesday and then we would go away to somebody else yeah to like a Fresno or I think um, Reno it, it would be Reno right, right Ooh, now. Oh, Reno. We would go away to Reno. Um, so the team that is in ninth is LA Galaxy 2 on 45 points. We are on 48 points. But because of the win differential, we would have the tiebreaker, so we would be above them. We don't have to worry about that. So maybe we shouldn't be concerned about dropping too far down into the table. That's I, I guess we'll we'll find out on on Saturday. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add for the Real Monarchs? They're, we really didn't talk about it a lot no. this week. No, Scott. Let's just move on to the super exciting uh, men's national team. News. Oh, what about the women? Yeah, let's start with the women. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've had a lot of negative. Let's do a little let's do some bit of positive. Get some positive. Well, yeah. it's, it's positive like, vibes. Yeah. Who here likes? By a raise of hands, who here likes transition? Okay, well, that's what, that's what the U.S. Women's National Team is experiencing now that Jill Ellis has retired as the head coach after leading them to two World Cup victories in 2015. Historic. Anyway, legend. Historic. She legend. is a legend. She is a legend. I watched her like with a post-match interview with uh, Alexi Lawless, and he was like, so what are you going to do now that you're retired? And she's like, well, first thing I'm going to do is buy a suit and kick you out of your spot or something like that. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna take a job. I thought that was funny because Alexi Lawless is kind of a interesting guy and so <laughs> that was funny yeah so um they were in action in this recent international break uh they concluded their farewell tour or not farewell victory tour victory, victory tour. tour sorry something like that um victory. in uh the first game it was weird they played south korea twice but the first time was in charlotte north carolina and the second time was in chicago mm. um so they played five games of this victory tour victory tour they won four drew the fifth against South Korea. Um, but who really cares because it was just all for funding games and publicity. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. They're pretty much just partying every time they yeah, got together. They got crazy. And they still, like, destroyed Ireland and Portugal and stuff like that. It was crazy. But, um, yeah, the squad was the same as the World Cup, so there's no news there. Um, so, yeah, the big news coming out of this international break is that Jill Ellis is retired from the uh, So she's done. she's done. That's it. I mean, she might manage somewhere else. I but, I mean, for the U.S. women, she's done. For the women's, yeah. She yep. might make the jump to U.S. men's national team, given hey, the way they're playing. I would but not be she would, she's, to some, she's too smart. Some she new blood. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Uh, some other notable news, just real f- fast, about the U.S. women. Carly Lloyd. I have seen some things on the Twitters and Instagram uh, about her being a fantastic kicker, like, for football. And so there's like been... NFL. NFL. So there's been, like, a couple Sports Illustrated articles published, like, Carly Lloyd might actually be the first woman to play in the NFL. Like, we're talking tackle, concussions, yeah, yeah. broken bones everywhere. Yeah, but Football. she t- I mean, woman won, like, three World Cups or something like that, so, I don't know, she could do it. If anyone could, she could. <laughs> in the words of Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Kickers are not football players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just listened to, Pat McAfee's a funny guy. Uh, I bet he could give her some crazy tips. But yeah, she's been training with the Philadelphia Eagles, some cool videos of her kicking, like, 64-foot field goals yard field goals um, julie Ertz was like oh hey go play with my husband yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was sick um so i think that'd be awesome to see carly Lloyd the bears might be interested the pa- side note yeah anyway, side note. moving on i would pick her up on my fantasy team just see what happens 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, and then final thing about the women's team is a rumor alert. Rumor so, alert. The the person who is rumored to be the heir to Jill Ellis, a nice Cleveland boy, oh, born God. and raised, <laughs> Flatko Ian. Vlatko Andonovsky. Andonovsky. Yeah. Definitely American. Uh, rumored to be taking over the... Uh, he might actually be American. I have no idea. This could be <laughs> could super be. very judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. Not racist, be. but like... No, that's racist. We were pretty racist that's, when we were that's joking. That's pretty racist. Speciesist. We don't need to talk about it. Again. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's currently the head coach of the NWSL team, Rain FC, based in Tacoma, Washington. I didn't know that until I looked it up real so, fast. So uh, they're going to... I think this is either their first year or next year is their first year uh, that they're playing in uh, Tacoma. Yeah, because so they, they moved from Seattle. Uh, yeah. Okay. Give those that middle sucks. schoolers some uh, tips. Yeah, we should get on this. This guy could tell. Seriously. Oh, because we got hacked again. Well, not hacked, but tried. No, to no, no, no. We, oh, somebody, attempted, attempted, somebody attempted to hack. Some us. Tacoma middle schooler huh. Listen, Tacoma. was with his family. Okay, they were on fall break. All right. Yeah. yeah. They were they vacationing in, in San Diego. And they tried to hack us again, but it didn't work this time. Okay, our our buff security stopped them. Yes. Yeah, we have 240-bit encryption. I don't know what that is <laughs> yeah, to call them. Don't. Actually, you probably do. Yeah. But. Freaking ding Vlatko needs to get on them because this is getting out of hand. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he has been name-dropped by the U.S. Women's National Team general manager. Which is a new position. Did you know that? I didn't. I just saw that on an ESPN just article. Just hired. And pasted it. So when they announced jill ellis's retirement slash her moving on uh, they said hey she's retiring kate mark graf yeah mark graf is the general manager she will be conducting the search for the new head coach yeah that's cool i've never heard of a national team having a general manager but maybe that happens they, they do okay cool they, do they we don't it? we we do now yeah the women for men, the men men yes okay good for them mm-hmm. they needed that um but yeah so there's no decision yet they're letting Jill Ellis's body get cold before they do that, um, but that'd be cool. Get a new 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 manager in there, bringing in some new blood. I'm sure the older players will be phasing out. So yeah. Okay, we have four minutes left of this episode. With these four minutes, well, four minutes before sorry, the interview starts with with Ricky with Ricky from Copa Clifas. Uh huh. With this four minutes, mainly Zach and and okay. myself okay uh, are going to talk about. The U.S. men's national team. Nolan uh, did his research sorry. for the women. We appreciate oh. you, Nolan. Thank you. And you have... are jealous of you? Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm much happier. That you did not have to watch this game? Yeah. Zach and I... Uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Well, Zach watched the whole game. I watched yeah. most of why, the game. Why? Why did I do that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's good. I don't you, either. You were probably encouraged from the result from Cuba. Yeah, uh, I guess so. so I, I don't know. So let's. let me just quickly preface what just happened okay the u.s men's national team just played two competitive matches they were in a competition newly formed called the Mm -hmm. concacaf nations league the concacaf nations league is a, a a tiered group league they have tiers a b c and d or a b and c excuse me uh to uh, encourage smaller nations to one play more games, but also give them opportunities to possibly improve and make a World Cup qualification run or Gold Cup run, something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. It gives them more games. Okay. And also, it eliminates the final stage of World Cup qualification before the hexagonal. So when there's the, the final six teams that all play each other twice, there's a, a stage before that where US the U.S. would usually play somebody like Canada or Cuba to get into the hexagonal. Uh-huh. It eliminates that last the the last stage before World Cup qualification, if you will. So on paper, it's good. Okay. The U.S. is in Group A. Huh. They're they're in they're in League A. They're at the top. Okay. Within League A, there's a couple different groups. They're in League A, Group Number One, the United States, Canada, uh-huh. who's on the come up, and then Cuba. Cuba. Poor All, every Cuba. time they play a game outside of Cuba, they have players defect. Every they, time. They've had something like 20 players defect in the last, like, five years or something crazy. Wait, like are you that. serious? I'm not kidding. Like, stay in the U.S.? Like, where, no, no, no. <laughs> Wherever the game is, they leave. That is They terrible. defect from Cuba. So anytime they get somebody talented, they leave. There is one USL player who is on that roster. He plays for Reno. He's an attacking midfielder. He has been allowed to play outside of Cuba. So he lives in the United States, yeah. but is allowed to play for Cuba. Yeah. He did not defect. Anyway. Good for him. The U.S. beat Cuba 7-0. It was a, a complete demolishing. Five or six goals yeah. in the first half. As it should have been. Like, there's no... The yeah. first three drives, if you will, down the field, that when the U.S. got the ball from the back line to the goal... The first three possessions they had, they scored. Yep. It it wasn't even close. It would be like if it if the Tacoma middle schoolers actually played the men's like another team. like no 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 like if the Tacoma middle schoolers that we make fun of if they actually played a middle school huh. it would be like that. Like, <laughs> okay. We joke about them, but they're they're actually good. Okay? Yeah, yeah yeah. Anyway, that game happened on was it Friday Thursday Thursday. Yeah, I believe Thursday. I believe it was Thursday. Today is Tuesday. The U.S. are playing Canada. Kind of like little brothers. It's not a rivalry. We haven't really had a history with them to be a rivalry. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to lose. And it has to go back and forth. And Canada hasn't beat us in 34 years. No. So, coming into this game, Canada, a team on the come up. I was negative They have 11. the Nations League. They are in uh, this, this group with the United States. But they think that they are one of the best teams in the region. Yeah. They thought that they should have been placed in a different group. They have some players at some bigger clubs in Europe, and they're young. Alfonso Davies is the headliner. He's at Bayern Munich. Yep. He was transferred from the Vancouver Whitecaps to Bayern Munich. He gets substitute minutes. It's not like he is at Bayern Munich but doesn't play. He plays. Oh, he's, he's in yeah. their plans for the future. Huh. He is in their plans for the, a long future, like, Three, four years from now, but yeah. he's in their plans. You can tell. And there's a reason. He's earned that. Yes. Now. He played very well today. He did play very well. But what happened? Uh, you know what? There was, there was a scene in the 60th minute where Christian Pulisic, after, after trying to do too much, forcing things all game long, giving the ball up, every time he was given the ball, Get subbed out. Our the face of our our nation's soccer mm. gets subbed out in the 60th minute. 
and in a heap of frustration sits down on the bench and looks like he's crying. Uh, that pretty much summed up this whole team. They were in shock in the second half. They played horribly in the first half. Canada puts a goal in around the 70th minute, something like that. And they slot another a second goal in in like the 80, 89th minute. And they win this game 2 nothing. They could have honestly won this game 4 to nothing. It it felt like a lot of what we talk about with Sacramento. There during our, our there worst was one games. team that had a plan and executed yeah, it. Yeah. There was another team that either had a faulty plan or had no plan. If you follow the U.S. men's national team, you'll know that there's been a talk. Oh, the system. Follow the system. System. Uh-huh. Pass. Yeah. It's a passing system. we got to follow the system. Well, the system freaking sucked. And you know what's ironic about that is they interviewed uh, McKinney, Weston McKinney, before this game was interviewed. And he talked. Granted, it's an interview. You know, there's generalities that players talk in. But he highlighted, yes, we feel we have grown in this system. We feel that we've come uh, into a chemistry with one another, and we know the system well, and and we're that's becoming a strength of ours. He said that, and then this game happened. So, okay, let's just say that's true. Then what this shows is that you weren't up for this game. You weren't up you for the game against Canada. Mentally, we're not up Canada. for this game. Yep, yep. And I think that falls somewhat on the coaching, but that's got to be. I, in it my falls opinion, on that's mostly everyone. on the players. It falls on everyone. You, as a, you are a professional athlete. You get paid to be mentally prepared. Yeah, physically prepared, blah, blah, blah. But you should know at this stage in your career, getting called up by this quality of national team, like we said, we're not Cuba, okay? We are the United States. We do have good athletes. You should know how to prepare yourself. Nobody was prepared. Nobody Everyone was, was prepared. shell-shocked after this game. It was depressing. I'm interested to see how we move forward. But yeah, because this there was, was another game low... against Canada and another game against Cuba. Yeah, this was a low for sure. This was a rock-bottom feeling for sure. Yeah, to, to compare how poor this game was. Did either of you watch the game against Trinidad and Tobago? No. In Trinidad and Tobago? Uh, a couple years ago? To knock us. No. To not, so that we didn't qualify? Uh, yeah. I th- that yeah, game yeah, yeah. was so bad and was so uh-huh. depressing. That's how this that's this how game felt. tonight. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how, how this felt. game tonight felt. Yeah, it was depressing. Yeah, truly depressing. Well, I love that... this game. <laughs> well, hold on, Nolan. We're not quite done. <laughs> okay. We are going to transition now to our interview with Ricky. Hey guys, we are really sorry, but the audio file of the interview that we did with Ricky got corrupted. We are going to try to interview him again next week. So come back for that interview. Sorry for the trouble. See you next week. Glory, glory, Sacramento.